morning. It's good to have you here today. Good morning to all of you joining us online today. Glad you're joining us that way. Um, I've heard a lot of people talk recently about 2020 and say to me, I'm just glad the year is coming to an end. How about you? You heard some of that kind of discussion like, man, what a tough year. I'm just glad the year's over. This all seemed to be encapsulated, this whole kind of thought process, in a recent event that took place in New York. Um, they brought their huge tree, their huge uh, pine tree, uh, to be decorated at the Rockefeller Center. They brought it in, and the thing looked terrible. And everybody kind of went uh, ballistic. It was interesting to read some of the comments that were being said at the time. Um, uh, right before this tree had shown up, here's what had happened with the coronavirus surging there again in that area. The mayor had shut down schools again. The governor set limits on family gathering numbers, uh, which caused a lot of people to get really, really angry. Uh, transit officials had said, we're going to cut subway travel down to half, and then this ugly tree shows up. And everybody just, it was like the straw on the camel's back, right? They just kind of went crazy, and commentators just couldn't keep their mouths closed, and they begin to uh, uh, make some, you know, kind of sarcastic remarks about the tree. Emily Branwin, a podcaster, described her immediate reaction uh, this way. She said, 2020 is just a trash can. Makes sense that we get a tree like this. Um, and she was among people who were commenting about the tree. Uh, uh, others on Twitter said the tree looked like it had cut its own hair. Um, and some said it looked like the rest of us. It's just been through some things that have been really tough on it. Um, and uh, others echoing Mrs. Uh, Branwen said it was a metaphor for the year 2020. It was just a picture of the year 2020. Now, get this. This tree had been chopped down. It's 75 feet tall and it weighs 11 tons. And it went on a 200-mile trip and was tightly wrapped. And the curator, the one that was in charge of all this, uh, her name was Kelly, uh, said that this is the way the tree always looks when it shows up. It always looks kind of scraggly. I mean, that thing that you saw the picture right behind me, it, it looked horrendous. But I don't know if any of you caught the Rockefeller, uh, Rockefeller uh, special here, that tree in the back. It looked kind of good. And she said, just give it some time, it'll fill out, the, the branches will settle back into their place, and all that kind of thing. But some were comparing the tree to that of a Charlie Brown Christmas, right? The little scraggly tree in Charlie Brown. And to me, it was just indicative of what's going on in our culture right now. Everybody has just had it, amen? They're just frustrated, and the tree became kind of this symbol of frustration, and everybody just kind of let it rip at that moment. Uh, and, and, and really, um, the tree ended up looking pretty good. But I tell you what, followers of Jesus Christ, we can't let our attitudes, our countenance, our demeanor be determined by our culture. We can't become cynical and we can't become negative uh, we, because we have news of great joy that the kids have been talking about this morning that changes everything. So let me set the tone for this message, okay? Listen to some of these questions. What good news have you received in your life that has brought you great joy? Think on that for a moment. Let's, let's think on something that's going to be edifying. What good news... Have you received in your life that has brought you great joy? How about a pregnancy? I, I, now we have social media, so when, when people are pregnant, they always put it on social media and they're always rejoicing. I remember when Vicki told me that she was pregnant with our first daughter, Elizabeth. And I was just a young puppy, 23 at the time. And I remember how excited I was 
that she was pregnant and how much joy I experienced when Elizabeth uh, was born. It was just great. How about a job? Has a job ever been good news or great joy to you? I graduated uh, from the University of Minnesota in 1980 with a bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering. And there was a recession going on at that time. And I remember thinking, oh no, I just went through four years of school and now I was wondering, would I get a job? And I got offered a bunch of jobs, actually. And I remember that was good news that brought great joy to my life. How about these good news possibilities that bring, good, 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 that bring joy? A marriage proposal, amen? Someone is going to get married. They're so excited. They, put, they always put it on social media. She's always holding the ring up. They're all excited. And I'm going, oh, you poor thing. You have no idea what lies ahead. But you know what? At that moment, good news of great joy, amen? And how about... You know, getting accepted into a, a school maybe for an educational program like nursing or, or, or you know, getting in, accepted into a school for engineering or whatever it might be or teaching or whatever, right? It's good news of great joy. And I remember uh, getting a medical report. Sometimes a medical report can be good news of great joy. And, and so I've had some medical issues over the years. And I remember getting a report back where everything was good. And I couldn't contain myself. The nurse calls me up and says, everything looks good. And I go, praise God, right on the phone. And she got real quiet. And she said, well, I guess it is good news. I said, no, it's great news. I don't have to see you people again, amen? I was so happy, I just let it rip. And she probably thought, what kind of looney toony is this guy? But I tell you what, I was so happy of good news. It brought great joy. That first Christmas, the angel announced to the shepherd some good news that brought great joy. Most of us are familiar with the story. We've heard it a couple times already uh, this morning, but let me read it to you once again here from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. That will be for all the people. That all the people includes us, amen? And includes us. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those on whom his favor rests and on whom he is pleased. Now, last week, Pastor Aaron kind of set the tone for the messages that we're looking at this Advent season. He talked about this idea that a disruption in our lives is an opportunity for spiritual formation, for accelerated learning. And over the months here at Grace Point, this has been a common theme that we've been presenting to you. Disruptions, whether they be good or whether they be bad, Good like arrival of a baby, like a, 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 a job you might have been longing to get and you got, or, or bad like maybe the loss of a loved one, uh, a sickness, a loss of a job, or whatever it may be. They're all opportunities of the Lord for catalytic growth, for accelerated growth. These disruptions in our life bring an opportunity for a new dependency on God and more discovery of who God is and how sovereign he is. And now a common response to a disruption are fear and frustration. We see that in our culture right now, right? When the coronavirus came on the scene, do you remember the first couple months? 
nobody would touch a countertop, right? You're just, there was just this fear gripped everybody. We didn't know what was going on, amen, right? And then now what are we experiencing? Immense frustration, anger, tiredness at the ongoing length of this thing as if it's somebody's fault, you know? And frustration and fear are common reactions to uh, disruption. And I, I think the, the, the angelic visitation to the shepherds was indicative of how all of us first deal with the disruption. We're full of what? Fear. Think about the shepherds. These boys are out in the field at night. It's kind of peaceful. It's kind of mellow. I mean, all they're doing is keeping the sheep from predators. I'm sure it's kind of a lazy evening. They're half awake. You ever been half awake and been disruptive? Disrupted by something? My wife does that to me all the time. Not on purpose. Not on purpose. She is one of the quietest people I've ever known. And she just walks up behind me, and I never hear her coming. I don't have the greatest hearing anymore, I'll admit that. But this girl is quiet. And every time I go, ah, she goes, what do you want me to do? I said, make some noise. <laughs> rustle something. Rustle some papers. Go, here I come, or something. <laughs> just let me know, because you're startling me, and I'm sure it's causing me to lose some life, ultimately, here. But that's, I think, the experience of the shepherds. They're sitting there. They're not expecting an angelic visit. Amen? That was not on their radar screen. They had no idea this was about to take place. And all of a sudden, this angelic being shows up. And they're what? They're startled with fear. That's a first reaction to a disruption. And what does the angel say to them? I think it's a word that we need to hear for the year 2020. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not, for I bring you good news of great joy. Fear is to be replaced by joy in the life of a follower. Here's our big thought today. Here's our big thought. Fear should be a defining trait of the follower of God. Did you hear that? Fear, did I just say fear? (laughs) That's why I have my notes. Joy... Joy should be a defining trait of the follower of Jesus. At least I caught it, amen? Because I thought, that did not sound right. So I'm going to say it again. Joy, forget I said fear, joy should be a defining trait of the follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. So here's a question for you. Is joy a defining trait for you? Is that a defining trait? Is that part of your character makeup as a follower of Jesus Christ. Now, the Christmas account in Luke and elsewhere in the Bible is full of examples of this kind of primacy of joy, that joy is a fundamental thing that the follower of God should be experiencing. It's part of the mix of an encounter with God. Let me give you some examples of joy in the Christmas story. First of all, we already talked about some of this today. The angel's announcement and the shepherd's response are just mixed with joy. I mean, the angel makes this announcement, I bring you good news of great joy that Christ is born among you, that God is visiting you in person. And you know what? The angelic hosts, they couldn't contain themselves. Heaven cut loose, man. All heaven let loose. What happened next? There's a heavenly host 
singing glory and praises to God. It's just like heaven could not contain the joy of the visitation of Jesus Christ to humanity. And then the shepherds who are experiencing this disruption, they go out from that place and they go to see for themselves the Christ child. And what do they experience coming back from that uh, event? Joy. Joy that they couldn't contain. And they told everybody what had happened. And they went along praising and glorifying God. And what we see here is that when God shows up, when God interacts with people, part of that mix is what? A joy. A deep-seated, deep-rooted joy. This is seen all throughout the Christmas story. Let's go to another example here. Um, Let's look at the example of Mary. Can you imagine? Here's a teenager. And an angel of the Lord shows up to her and announces, you're going to be with child. And she's an amazing example of a faithful servant of God. She just receives his word of God. I mean, you've got to understand, this would be scandalous in that culture. For her to be pregnant and yet not have been with a man. And this was a scandalous moment, yet she received it all in faith and in joy. And she has this praise moment when she sees her cousin Elizabeth, which she's talking about what's going on. It's called Mary's Song. It's found in Luke chapter 1, verses 46 to 56. I'm not going to read it to you today, but she just bursts forth in this song of joyous praise to God for what he's doing in her life. You see, when you're a follower of God, joy is a trait that you should be exhibiting. Amen? It's part of the mix of being a follower of God. Another example of joy in the Christmas story is that of Zachary. I relate to him more. I relate to him more. His story is not quite as amazing as Mary's. Gabriel shows up to Zechariah while he's performing his priestly duties in the temple and makes an announcement to Zechariah. Gabriel says to him, you and your wife Elizabeth are going to have a child. And Zechariah, can, he, can't, he can't wrap his mind around this. It blows a fuse. He says, yeah, but we're old. We're beyond childbearing years. How can this possibly be? And I love Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. You're doubting what I'm saying to you? Okay, you don't have to talk for a while. And he mutes him. And Zechariah can't speak of what transpired there. But he's knowing what's going on. He's knowing what's going on. And then when his wife has the baby, when Elizabeth has the baby, he cannot contain the joy. And he bursts forth in what is called Zechariah's song in Luke chapter 1, verses 68 through 79. And he just praises and extols God. See, these disruptions in these people's lives in that first Christmas, they were a means of spiritual formation and spiritual deepening. Often a disruption, whether it be good or bad, is God's methodology to grow us in our faith, and to teach us to depend on him more. Now, I want to just share a couple thoughts with you on why does joy even matter? We talk about joy all the time. Why does it matter that we're joyous? Well, let me give you some thoughts on that, and I'll wrap up the message with this today. Joy is a source of strength. Joy is just a source of strength for us. See, the joy of the Lord is the follower's strength, according to Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. Now, in the Old Testament book of Nehemiah, we see that God called this ancient people, Israel, this remnant, back to Jerusalem to build the wall that had been torn down. But he was also building a people of faith once again as they're rebuilding this wall. And so they complete this construction of this wall. And then in the seventh month, we're told that Ezra the scribe, Ezra the priest, begin to read to this people the law of God. Now, they hadn't heard this stuff for a while. 
And they were like sponges just soaking up what was being read to them. They just couldn't believe it. They were absorbing it all and they were getting emotionally tied into it. And at one point they began to realize how they hadn't really known the law of God, been obedient to the law of God. And they begin to weep and they begin to be remorseful. And Nehemiah kind of interrupts the whole thing that's going on. And he says these words of Nehemiah, chapter 8, verse 10, I think it was, right? Chapter 8, verse 10, I make sure I say that right. He said, don't grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So joy is a strength for the follower of God. That's why it's important. The good news of great joy that Jesus has come to dwell among us is our strength. And when we live in times of disruption like we are right now, we have to realize our strength is in who? Jesus Christ and the good news of Jesus Christ. And then we allow disruptions like we're going through right now, like this coronavirus, we just allow that to drive us more closely into dependence on our Lord Jesus Christ, amen? And our joy should strengthen, not weaken during these times. Why does joy matter? It's strength. Strength in the Lord. It's a source of strength. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 22 says this. I love this scripture. A cheerful heart A joyous heart is good medicine. But a crushed spirit dries up the bones. And I feel like even in the church of Jesus Christ right now, there's a lot of bones being dried up, a lot of spirits being crushed because we're not focusing on Jesus Christ and the joy that he wants to bring into our lives. So I want us to spend a moment doing a joy exercise today. I want you to read out loud with me uh, Psalm 95 verses 1 through 7. Now, I know those of you at home watching online that it might seem a little strange, especially if you're by yourself, to read this out loud, but read it out, out loud. You know, faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Read it out loud and let it minister faith to your heart today. So read with me, whether you're at home online or here in person, let's read Psalm 95 verses 1 through 7 out loud together. Here we go. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, great King above all gods. In his hands are the depths of the earth and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his for he made it and his hands form the dry land. Come, let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Why does joy matter? The joy of the Lord is our strength. Let's move on to a second reason why joy matters. Joy fuels endurance. Joy fuels endurance. We're told this about the Lord Jesus Christ. For the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. In other words, Jesus could look through the momentary afflictions and suffering that he was going through because he knew the joy that it would bring, the salvation of so many people. You and I can go through multiple trials in our lives because set before us is the joy of our Lord. And if we keep our eyes on the joy of the Lord, the things we're going through right now will will have a perspective that they need to have. Joy like this fuels our endurance. It fuels our perseverance. So we can look a coronavirus in the eyeballs and say, you will not dominate me, amen? Because I am dominated by my Lord Jesus Christ and his joy will fill my heart in spite of what I'm going through, amen? We can do that. 
Why does joy matter? It fuels endurance. Lastly, why did joy matter? This is point number three. It should just be an outcome of being filled with the person of the Holy Spirit because joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. In Galatians chapter 5, we're told to live by the Spirit and not to live according to the sinful nature. And the Holy Spirit bears fruit in us. And interestingly enough, when we look at the list of the fruit it bears, it's the very ones that we celebrate in Advent. The first three are love, joy, and peace. What are the Advent candles that we light every year? Love, joy, and peace. It's nothing more than a recognition of what the Holy Spirit is wanting to do in our lives and asking for that to be the very case. And, it's, and so when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, the byproduct of that is to be what? Love and joy and peace. If you're not experiencing love, joy, and peace, and specifically we're talking on joy today, then you know what you do? You say, Holy Spirit, fill me so that I experience joy. I have to admit to you, I'm more of an Eeyore than I am a Winnie the Pooh. How about you? I tend to think, oh, and it usually takes me while I'm out like a Zachariah. I have to come around for a while. I have to suffer a little bit more than I ought to before I realize how important it is just to put my hope and desire in Jesus Christ. Lately, I've been learning, just be joyous first. It's easier. Amen? And I want to encourage you, if you're not experiencing this joy, just ask the Holy Spirit, create this in me. Put a song in my heart. Create joy in me. I've talked about this a lot lot for the last few months. But we are in the midst of a movement of God. It's not a movement that we probably would have expected or asked for. But God is up to some things. He's purifying his church. He's preparing his bride. And and most of our lives here have been disrupted in some way, right? Right now, have you had your life disrupted in some way at all? Have anybody? I'm so tired of going back and making easy decisions over again because now I have to make it in light of all the new regulations. How about you? I, you know, it's just, it's just life is tiring. But it's such a great opportunity we're in for spiritual formation and for renewed dependency on Jesus Christ to grow deeper in our faith and to ultimately say, you know what, God? I want to be a joyous person in spite of whatever I'm facing. Amen? And to just get to that kind of conviction and conclusion. I mean, if you're just hanging on, I know the vaccines are on their way now, and everybody's saying, now we just hang on. It's probably going to be another few months. Are you understanding that? Before we all get the opportunity for whatever. Anyway, if we just hang on and say, woo, got through that, shame on us. God wants to create in us a deeper walk in him, a deeper understanding of who he is, a deeper dependency on him. If we think, good, now I get back to life as normal, we have missed it entirely. We are not normal. We don't do life normally. We don't want to get back to normal life. What we want to do is get back to a life that's even more deeply dependent on Jesus Christ than has ever been. Amen? I should have got amen there. Amen. Amen. Because you are not normal people. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Some of you are downright strange. I'm going to just say that. But at any rate, that's okay. I love you. I love, yes. Well, okay. I deserve that. All right. 
Let's close and pray. Would you guys bow your head with me, please? Lord God, I want to just pray for us as your people here today. Boy, I loved what Pastor Aaron preached last week. And I found myself saying, God, I don't like disruptions, but they're your tool. They're your tool. And I pray, Lord, no matter what anyone's going through here, and I, I mean, we're coming on the tail end of doing so many funerals and now one's coming up ahead. And that's such a disruption in the life of people where they lose a beloved spouse or a mother or a father or a brother or sister. And it's just so disruptive, Lord. And I pray for such ones that your grace would be sufficient for them right now. And even in the midst of this great anguish, would your joy be their strength, I pray, Jesus. And for some of us, going through this coronavirus has been a little bit nightmarish. Maybe having it personally, maybe losing a job because of it, uh, having to move because of it, or whatever be the case. I've seen people have uh, great disruptions. And I pray again, Jesus, may your joy be their strength. Holy Spirit, fill such ones with yourself so that joy is the natural outcome. And we know that your joy gives us that enduring fuel, Lord, to get through things that are extraordinarily hard. And so, Lord, I pray for us as a body of Christ here. Lord, I pray that joy would be a defining character of us. The world needs to see joyous followers of Jesus Christ. And I pray that would be who we are, not a giddy silliness, Lord, but just this deep-rooted understanding, Jesus, that you're good news of great joy, that there's nothing comparable to you and nothing can derail that joy that you bring to us, Jesus. So I pray this joy would be reality that we all experience and that it would be a blessing to our community and a witness of who you are, Jesus. I pray these things in your name and all God's people said, 